Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. If you'd like to listen to the full episode of the Build Up podcast this week, then you can find us on all good podcast apps by searching the Build Up on Balls.ie. So Kevin, this is a, a bit of a, a bit of a rare week in that it's the first in the winter break for the Premier League. What are your thoughts on it? They're, they kind of have given in. There's been pressure from managers, especially yeah. managers coming in from the continent in recent years, to finally um, bring in one. Obviously, there's been the the drama with Liverpool and the FA Cup. They got through that with their uh, with their young team last night. But do you think, like when you were a player, was it something that you were? I know you said you used to love playing games. So I don't know if players are really looking yeah. for it. Yeah, I would have loved it. I would have loved that break. I loved playing the games and everything. And the more more games, the merrier in a row. But um, I also would have loved the break. <laughs> um, I, I don't know about the timing though. It's not like the end of February. Like they don't come back. To, they're going down. It's two weeks, and it's like it's sort of the time you start thinking at the end of the season or the run in. You know, if I'd have been three or four weeks ago to get the FA Cup game out of the way at the start of January and then have the two week break, I think that's when most European teams go in the first couple of weeks of January. Maybe I'm wrong. But um, yeah. in most European leagues, but um, it just seems to be a little bit of a compromise having it this late. Um, when when people are starting, you know, when you're talking about relegation, that's heating up in the title race. Well, that's pretty much over as it was. But um, yeah, it just seems three or four weeks ago it would have been better. Um, but yeah, I would have loved it. It you know, it's a long, long season. It's and longer all the time. And if you're an international player, you might get two or three weeks off in the summer. Might. Um, you're back and it, it seems a long way from say the 1st of July until um, the first week of June to when you have the next time you have a chance to, to, to get away for a few days so um, it definitely helped players mentally as well as physically mentally more than anything you're so well looked after physically you get breaks you, you're out days off you know, miss games whatever you're rested and you're looked after so well you eat so well you're you know all the, everything is on tap to keep your body in shape but mentally you you do need something, I think, to freshen you up. Um, I know England are on about saying it'll help them maybe internationally. I don't think I don't really see that. I just think it's more of a case of players um, mentally being fresher. Um, have some, have some, maturely, uh, you know, your life point of view, have something to look yeah. forward to halfway through the season. In uh, in America, was there a mid-season break? Um, there was. There was a two-week break in June. I think it was June, um, and yeah, you were always given maybe four, five, six days, depending on what way it fell or the schedule. But you always get a good bunch of days off, so it was a nice chance to do that exploring. Um, and it just seems standard. And, and their season, they have such a long off season in America. Like when I tell them about our um, our break in, in in England or in Europe, and they just couldn't get their head around it. They're set up, you know. If, if you're not in the playoffs, you're finished the second or third week of October and you don't come back till nearly the end of January for pre-season training so that's their mindset you know that's every you know and the, and the MLS is actually one of the shorter breaks if you're an American footballer you get five months yeah. basically so uh, they, that's their mindset in America long breaks long off season they, they might make, meet up I know in the MLS if you were if you're in the playoffs you didn't if you were in the if you're in the league you might meet up for a week or two after the season ends to, to do some programs do some ways maybe talk about the following season but basically I got you know, three months three months off I got in one year so 
um, I think at the end of my first year there, which was just, you know, for once I was actually itching to get back to playing, which wouldn't be like me. <laughs> it's actually something I was thinking about a few weeks ago as well when we were talking about the topic of rest and things like that, that um, when you compare it to GA, obviously you've been involved, you're involved with Wexford um, in more recent years. Did you notice a big difference with GA players? It's a very busy time of year for them as well, uh, trying to juggle some of the college games, uh, the league and yeah. and stuff. What would you compare? I remember Stephen Hunt was talking before about the difference between professional footballers and GA players in terms of the rest they get. Yeah, I don't know. I was dealing with the under-20 uh, footballers in Wexford and just to say, I think it's more a case at that sort of age group when you can play senior, you can play under 20, you can play there's lads doing leaving third minor, playing for their college or whatever, you're playing for your club. So I think it's that age in, in GA more so than lads playing maybe under county senior football or hurling team where they get to sort of exclusively nearly, you know, like you can basically abandon your club. You're a senior footballer, you're a senior hurler and that is well cared for. I think it's that in between um, where it seems to be dragged here and everywhere. I know what the under twenties we're involved in like trying to get them together for training or a match was just a nightmare and if you did they'd play the day or two before for their club or for their college or whatever it might be um, so um, they need to just be careful because that sort of falls through the cracks at that age where you think oh they're younger well able for it but um, it's a big toll on, on anyone's body to, uh, to be able to deal with all that um, and some people are so nice some players are so good they'll try to do everything which um, sometimes have to you know, put your hands on and say, "Listen, I'm doing this. Be strong about it. Um, make your make your decision who you're going to play for. You have to upset someone, um, and that's the, the good thing about being a professional. You don't need to make those decisions; they're done for you. Um, and it's uh, a lot more straightforward being a professional footballer. Um, but again, it's it's, it's uh, the, the length of the season is the one that always got to me, and more and more um, in in football, I think it's 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 too long. There seems to be no end of season, no break, no no time for like a, you don't want, like people don't, don't feel sorry for multi-millionaire footballers whatever but they still if they want to see a better product um, be better players on the pitch players need to have breaks um, and managers are under so much pressure that they can't afford to give players extra time off or whatever and players that might need they need them they need them in their team they need to win the games if they don't, they don't win the first or if they put in a bad performance a, a team in the Premier League doesn't start well in the first three or four games the manager that's a good chance against that. So he's under pressure from his point of view not to give players extra time off, which would benefit him in the long run, but he has to think short term because that's the way it is. Um, yeah, that's my thing with with soccer or football or whatever. <laughs> They're trying to fit it. Just trying to fit so much in now. Um, and you get sick of, I don't know, anyway, from a, from a watching that point of view now, there's so much on. When it comes to June, July, there's still games on wherever. There's something going on all the time. I just think just from a fan's point of view, it'd be better to have a break as well. And, really looking forward to the start of the Premier League season just seems to be no no gap there for anyone at the moment yeah exactly it seems like even you can't even take a, a random Tuesday night off because Oxford United are going to come back and have a thrill at Newcastle in the FA Cup <laughs> but I was even thinking of it in terms of the Championship because I'm a Leeds fan so uh, what I was talking here about oh sure, geez, the Championship is more cracked than the Premier League anyway there's so many games but yeah. going through a 46 game season you're playing pretty much every three days in the Championship I know it's it's uh, really entertaining from a fan's view, point of view, but as a player, it must be it must take its toll come this time of the year. So as you see, an awful lot of teams will dip in and out of form, and that has, to, I think, sometimes been down to just mental fatigue as much as anything. It is, yeah. Um, it's daunting actually going into it now. And saying that, when you don't know any difference, so say my first season in England, um, 
the championship it was fine you know I didn't think about it at all and played nearly every game no issues didn't really have any injuries loved loved uh, every three or four days and when things are going well every three or four days it's fantastic um, and then the following season we're in the Premier League and it's once a week you have nearly all season on very rare mid-league games there is obviously the odd one but in the main um, if you're not in European football it's once a week Saturday to Saturday loads of time to recover recuperate and you actually need it because you physically it might I don't know what the stats say but mentally and physically you put a lot more into a, into a Premier League game than a Championship game so you need that recovery um, that's what I found anyway and um, that was fine in the Premier League for a few years and that became the norm and then you get relegated back to Championship and you look at the fixture and go oh my god how am I going to do this? You've, you've forgotten that you did it before and you can't understand how you're going to get through the season. And it really is daunting, but you do because the games, I found anyway, did not take as much out in the championship. And actually, the more games you played, as the longer the season went on, more chances created, more chances for goals because people are, some people are fatigued, some people can't take the, take the every three or four days team struggle. I mean, in our form and as, a, as an attacking sense as a team, as a, as a striker anyway I felt it was easier you get more chances more goals more exciting football it might, the quality mightn't be as good but the excitement factor is high um, and yeah it just didn't take as much out of you physically or mentally there wasn't the demands on you from press um, you know from outside forces from whatever maybe people want to see all that is sort of gone or I felt it was gone in the championship not near as much attention to it didn't take near as much time to recover from games so um, it was easier in that sense uh, Looking ahead to the games this weekend in the Premier League there's only four um on we've got Man City against West Ham is probably the standard fixture because City, like at this stage, the Premier League is obviously probably gone for them um, <laughs> unless yeah. some miracle Definitely. happens. Uh, but Definitely uh, but the problem they have now is that they kind of need to get back into a good run of form because they've got Real Madrid coming up in the Champions League, which is obviously for Guardiola. There's the personal aspect of the fact that it's Real Madrid, and also that this is the competition that they're going to have to go all out to win. So, what did you see at the weekend against Spurs? We kind of had said that this was a risky one with Jose, yeah. but it's 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 becoming a bit of a trend for City. Yeah. Well, like actually, like, I sat down. Well, I didn't see the second half. I watched the whole first half, and I thought Tottenham were blessed. They were blessed. Man City played really well. I don't know what the. I've never seen the stats again. I think it was nine shots on target to one or something. And Man City dominated. Should have been ahead. Should have been ahead two or three goals. Missed penalty, and um, but you then then at the halftime you felt first could get something. Then you think they weathered that, and you sort of lost. I've lost a bit of confidence in City, and they've lost a bit of confidence in themselves. I think people watching them don't think they're as a sure thing as they were. But, you know, when you break it down, they should have won that game. Spurs scored two good finishes or whatever, but in the, the big scheme of watching that game, you wouldn't feel too... You know, you wouldn't think Man City were that out of form. I don't think take the two goals out of it, Man City should have won that game. Um, but they did look frustrated, you know, with tackles, with, you know, the talk of Pep Guardiola keeping them in the dressing room for know, 45 minutes or something afterwards for a, a discussion. Um, so obviously there's a bit of pressure there, a bit of... Uh, bit of stress and, and they're out of the league and they're sort of in no man's land because they're going to finish the top four so it's a weird three or four months for them they're not going to catch Liverpool they know that it's the case they're trying to finish second but basically the league now is a way of keeping themselves sharp for the Champions League and then there's massive pressure on that because that's the one thing he hasn't sort of won there and, um, that's the thing you sort of you feel he, he wants to win and then leave if he can win that he'll be out the door but I don't it's hard to see him doing it this year now again um so that's, I, I would imagine that's why the pressure is building, why he's feeling that. I think he, he would have realised once ago that the league was probably out of question, but they're losing form now, coming into 
well, they were coming back into form. But looking at that game Saturday, I thought they played well. But um, they lose it, so he's he's probably worried about something like that in a good game because that is what all the pressure is for them now. You know, in the end of the season. Yeah, you look at like you look at the parallels between when Liverpool went to Tottenham and played Spurs, and Spurs had great chances and missed them. Yeah, and that's the that's the, almost the inherent difference. Liverpool seemed to like be buoyed by that, and they had chances to then go and make it more than the one 0 win. But as soon as Bergwijn scores that first, I think everybody's like, "Oh, City, City are gone here because yeah. they dominated. They dominated, and yet sort of were lifeless afterwards. As soon as that first goal went in, you were thinking, "Spurs have this now. They have it." Yeah, that's that big thing. Like the thing, the word belief, I suppose, always thrown around. But that is the difference when Liverpool are on a roll and they have been. They have been all season. They've been for over a year. That belief, they look. You can see it in their players when we're watching it. You believe watching it that they're not playing well or whatever, but they keep going and they've done it all season, scoring late goals. That Tottenham game, Tottenham should have been two 0 up. I think the two breakaways should have scored Tottenham that game, and they would come back and win. Um, whereas you know when you're looking at Man City, you don't feel that belief. They don't look like to have that belief. The manager obviously thinks that they're lacking something if he's keeping them in the dressing room for 45 minutes. Whatever. I doubt he was ranting and raving. I presume it was a fairly good discussion but um, like yeah they've just lost that sense that aura of they're the best they don't have it anymore and that must be hard to take hard to take for Pep Guardiola because he always has it he always had it at Bayern Munich at Barcelona he's had it at Man City for for the whole time he's been there until the last leading up to Christmas when they really went into that bad run of form they came out it seemed to turn it around but when you're looking at that Tottenham game again again Jose Mourinho as well his old rival it'll really hurt them to have lost that you can celebrate on the touchline all those things will be driving them a bit wrong but you did get that sense which you don't get with Liverpool but that's the difference between teams win the league and not win the league Man United you always got that sense when teams are confident and on a roll to just look like no matter what way they're playing they're going to get something out of the game uh, We were chatting off air just before we um, came on that your pick this week is Sheffield United to beat Bournemouth Sheffield United are looking really impressive up to sixth now in the league they, and they're hanging yeah. in there we were expecting them to fall off but they've got a good run of games now and they could still be right in the hunt for those European spots in a few games time yeah I did I thought they'd drop off after Christmas they're sort of you know their goal was to stay up this season and once that sort of was pretty much achieved by Christmas I thought they'd drop off a bit but to just look like a team who's enjoying themselves they've no pressure on them now they've, they've achieved it they're staying up they've achieved that so they can sort of just nearly like freewheel to the end of the season win some lose some play with confidence and I suppose just no fear um, and that's a dangerous dangerous thing to be playing against when you're a team coming to Sheffield United and it's a tough place to go I hate going there it's a great atmosphere you know it's sort of an old school stadium um, and they, they do well there so I just think they will continue their little bandwagon going and uh, hard to see Bournemouth Bournemouth give me the impression of sort of soft Southerners or whatever <laughs> I don't know if that bears out in the stats but um, I just don't see them going to yeah, and it, there's even that, like, January for most teams, like, Chelsea, sta- like, just stood where they were, didn't didn't decide to do anything. Sheffield United, they could have just went, we're going to keep this core group now to the end of the season, not try to bring anybody in. Instead, they go out and they buy somebody like Sander Burge, who's been linked to Liverpool, been linked to loads of big clubs, and he ends up at Sheffield United, just kind of floats into that centre midfield. Like that must that's a that's a luxury to have then. Is that yeah. you can you can and insert that, these players in. Yeah, and that's 
it's the joy of the Premier League now as well that any any team in the Premier League now can afford to sign a very good player and and good players from any country who will, will want to go to the Premier League if they can't get into the top three or four you know they'll look to see what's next so that's the ability that uh, most of the teams have now um, financially um, and it's a great sign I really like that they did that you know they could have not signed anyone and they probably would have been fine for this season and then at the end of the season went along ground for next season where they'd struggle that second season they're, they're already thinking in January spend money keep it going keep players on their toes um, I remember at Reading we didn't when I was there, we didn't do that. At Wolves, we didn't really do that. Um, you know, we never signed a player to come into the team and take someone else's place. It was always a player to come in and, and just be back up to what we had without really putting pressure on the first 11 who were pretty, you know, guaranteed their place, which leads to complacency, taking your foot off the pedal, just human nature. And, uh, you know, Sheffield United going out spending money and putting someone straight into that centre midfield. You know, the other players... And he seems pretty rootless there. The other players will be like, all right, listen, I have to really, you know, keep at my best here every day, every transition. It's not a time to relax and enjoy my dinner and enjoy me nights out. It's, it's, you know, keep working here if I want to stay in the team and stay in this Premier League because they will just get rid of me, um, you know, without a second thought. And that's sort of the way it should be. It's professional sport. You have to be on your game. And, you know, I I like the manager. I like Sheffield United because of that, to be honest with you. Great stuff, Kevin. Thanks, Millie. We'll chat to you next week. No worries, lad. Talk to you soon. Great stuff there from Kevin. Sheffield United are seven to ten to win at home to Bournemouth on Labrooks.com. But I'm I'm really taken by this Sheffield United team. I've actually gotten two Sheffield United defenders into my squad in fancy football because that's how sure I am. They've got a great run of games coming up, and I can't see them. I, I can see them. They've got the second best defense in the league. Yeah, like they're they're, they're secure at the back, yeah. which is almost like a. It's exactly the hallmark of a team that gets promoted. That's exactly what you want from them. But that's not the thing that strikes you about Sheffield United. They're just, they're swashbuckling. Yeah. They, that's that's the only word I have in my vocabulary to describe them. Speaking of, though, in terms of that fantasy issue, right? I've gotten oh, no. two in. But one of them's John Lundstrom, right? I've had him since the start of the season, basically. He's He's gone. He's, he's gone. gone. He's out there. Yeah. I don't know if this is, like, this. this is a... Derry, uh, repeat the words of I can't remember the name of the lad, the oh the Ireland, the head of the Ireland fans supporters group when he was on prime time with uh, Eamon Duffy. This is a referendum issue. <laughs> <laughs> so many fantasy football managers are uh, going to be upset now. Well, here's like, the thing, right? You've had it. You you've had it good for so long. Now, I I should I should state as a prerequisite to this ramble that I don't play fantasy football. Like you do, Mark. I, I just I, I pick my team at the start of the year and Jesus, if it's still alive come the end of the season, fair play to it. Because I haven't changed it once. Um John Lundstrom is a centre midfielder. Why he's down as a defender in that game, nobody knows. It's an error on their part. Yous have had it good with Lundstrom for so long because he's an all action centre midfielder that is somehow a defender. So gets all the defensive credentials but plays as a midfielder. Yeah. It's about time this happened. I just, and that's no disrespect. Listen, John, I don't know you. You're a very good footballer. Hence why everybody has you in their fantasy teams. But now they've brought in Sander Burge, who's an all-action Champions League quality midfielder off the bat. I'm just saying, 
How much is he in fancy? I don't know, but he's not going to be John Lundstrom price. John Lundstrom was four million at the start of the season. Yeah, like a that's, that's a bargain. Whereas, like, I, I, I only deal, once again, I only deal in reality. So I know Sander Burge is 22 mil. <laughs> so I, and I know I fantasy football doesn't go up that high if you are having a bet on uh, the football this weekend be sure to gamble responsibly you can visit dunlewy.net for fo- more information we are going to try and now win 100 euro cash on Labrox 123 Finchy emphasise try try because we've been trying for what feels like an eternity and we've gotten a couple of free bets out of it but we've yet to win the 100 euro cash this is the free game to play on labrooks.com where if you can correctly predict the score of three of this weekend's games you will win yourself 100 euro cash if you get two of them right you get five euro free bet if you get one of them right you get a euro free bet this week's games are quite tricky we we we're, we obviously we got the winter break so there only are four games on altogether in premier league so they're not i don't know when you say they're tricky we'll see we'll see yeah. we've got brighton against watford right and here i expect a lot of goals yeah, I, I, I would too. I would too. Uh, Brighton, obviously, both two, two teams at the at the at the wrong end of the table. You thought Watford had turned the corner, and then they go and concede a last minute goal to Everton. They completely capitulate. Brighton are good at home, though. You, you know, Brighton are good at home, and they can score goals. Watford can also score goals. Like as Milasar has sort of come on again. You know, if you've got the likes of Delafeu and Roberto Pereira on form, then your team is bound to score goals. But uh, I, I fancy Brighton in this one. Yeah, it's, that's Brighton what I'm. I'm struggling to pick a winner because it's going to be two one or three two to somebody, I'm or having, it could be two all. Yeah, see, I'm having I'm having a. Both teams are scoring twice. Yeah, but I don't. I think Brighton might just get that extra one to make one. it. After two, must come three. And I feel as though Brighton will have three, Watford will have two. That's my score. I have a feeling, based of absolutely no research whatsoever, but just in my gut, the 12.30 games on a Saturday, which, is, which this isn't. So there's no point in even bringing this up. <laughs> <laughs> I just realised it's at half five. Um, I was going to say that 12.30 games don't tend to have as many goals as others, but this game is at half five. So and and, and also, also, last week was two all between Leicester yeah. and Chelsea. So I, look... Your gut was wrong. Yeah, my gut was wrong. <laughs> let's cut. Let's cut to the chase. I'm going to all here. Okay. All right. I, yeah. I see you. I I agree, but I also disagree. Second, That's the beauty of this game. Exactly. You can play yourself as well. Let's get on to uh, labrooks.com right now. But first of all, listen to our other two predictions because it might guide you some guide you somewhat. Yeah. Uh, as in, in the opposite the, direction. Exactly. Sheffield United against Bournemouth on Sunday. Here we go. 2 0 win, Sheffield United. 2-0. Cheers. Good luck. There you go. No, Done. I agree. Yep. Completely agree. 4 30. Man City against West Ham. See, the handy thing for Man City, they'll be licking their wounds after after last week. They need they need a result. They need to they need to get back on track. What that track is is not for the league title because it's already gone. Uh despite the fact that we all keep telling ourselves that it's not over yet. It is over. Go home, everybody. Champions. It's definitely over. It's it's over. It's over. But you can't let Liverpool fans know that. But see, the problem is there's two issues here, right? One, if you're not a Liverpool fan, you don't want to admit to yourself that it's over. And yeah. two, if you are a Liverpool fan, the Liverpool fans I know are actually vocally stopping you from telling them that, that it's over because they don't want to jinx it. So nobody wants to actually talk about the fact that it's over. The Charlatans, you know the band, the Charlatans? Yeah. They have a great line where it just says, everyone has been burnt before. That's that's just this situation completely. <laughs> Everyone has been burnt before. 2009, 2014, it's not going to happen again. 
but Jesus, we're, we're making it seem like it might we'll do. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, it might. No, no, no. <laughs> it won't. Man City Sorry. need a result. They need to get back on track. The handy thing is, is that they're coming up against West Ham, who are, by all, for all intents and purposes, bad at football. One fella who just turns it on every so often for West Ham is... Snod- Rob Grass. Snoddledino himself. Like, he do- I don't know what it is about Robert Snodgrass, but like every so often in a season, he'll just go... I'm actually class. Yeah. And, and just start whipping balls in. And do you know what? Speaking of fancy football, he always seems to time it to, that that happens the week after I sell him in fantasy. Imagine selling Robert Snodgrass last week, going into last weekend. And imagine not only selling Robert Snodgrass, but also selling Bobby Firmino. That, like, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I just have to go and take a look at myself and see, am I actually jinxing people? Am, am see, I, this, is, this is... Let me... Let me just investigate your fantasy football dealings for a second, okay? Claudio Ranieri, when he first came to English football, was degraded for being the tinker man. Yeah. And just constantly ch- chopping and changing. Then when he came back and took over Leicester, what did he do? He kept the same 11 for the entire season. And what did they do? They won the league. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, I actually have done that because this is how big a nerd I am. <laughs> 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 You've I've, done both. I've created a separate team for this season, oh, no. which was my first fifteen squad of fifteen or whatever you have for the start first week game week, and I've just left that there to just sit and how, fester. How often have you investigated? I've looked. I am a bit behind, but I'm a bit behind because like I had Allison and I had players who just were ruled out straight away for injury. But I had people like Danny Ings and these that I've gotten rid of and then had to end up bringing back in. Yeah. So I don't know. There's also own lines in our. Uh, Ballsy mother of God He changes his team Twice a year And he always beats me And I'm changing it Multiple times a week But anyway <laughs> back, back to again, Once back again Back to Man City Against West Ham What's the score going to be? I think that It's going to be 3-1 To Manchester City Do you know what? I'm sick of Being wrong But being Almost right yes. For instance Last week in 1-2-3 We had A one-all draw With Man City and, Or Man United And Wolves and we had a one-all draw with Burnley and Arsenal. Both the right results, but just the wrong scorelines. Yeah. So you might, if you're going to be wrong, you might as well be really wrong. So I'm going to say 2-1 West Ham for the crack. Oh, you know what? I respect that. Look, I don't think it's going to happen, but... If they win, it could turn their entire, entire season around and Man City could be launched into a bigger crisis. So there you have it. Bit of crack. I'm going to go... 2-1 West Ham. I think we should start dealing with this in what results will be the most crack and we'll probably end up getting to that 100 quid quicker <laughs> than, than us actually investigating these fixtures. <laughs> you can play labrooks.com uh, or you sorry, get on to labrooks.com right now. You can play one, two, three yourself. You could win yourself 100 euro cash. Sean, will you get Donny back in the studio and let's get hype for the general election? Let's do it. I'm excited. 